0: Hey, guys. Welcome back to the show. My name is Lauren, and this is Liam. Hello. Thank you so much for tuning in, and a big thank you especially to our live viewers. And by the way, guys, we will be going through Super Chats at the end of the stream, so about an hour into the show. So, you know, feel free to send us your comments, questions, concerns. We will be going over them later. So, we have a... (laughs) Okay, I'm going to go off on this show at one point, but you guys probably know what I'm talking about. Uh, So Stephen King, he kind of dismissed diversity and was quickly attacked, then almost immediately backtracked. I think record speed. I've never seen a reversal so fast. Uh, Then pedophiles, or at least two, identifying as children. Trans age, if you will. This Mm -hmm. is where we're at just as a society. Super cool. Uh, then Bernie Sanders, uh, some of his campaign staffers have been the subject of a new Project Veritas operation. So we're going to be looking at some of the clips that have been released from Exposed 2020. And finally, one university in the UK has hired speech police. Like...
1: That like, can go wrong.
0: Yeah, like Stasi Germany. It's going to be super good. Uh, so it's going to be a really fun show hope you guys like share subscribe you know that helps us out a ton and before we get into it i do have a quick message from simply safe our awesome sponsors simply safe i hope you guys know by now is a home security uh, system and it's like getting commercial grade enterprise level security but for your own home think about the security fortune 500 companies use they need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately and this is exactly the kind of security you get with simply safe if there's a break-in simply safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime and that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoors ca- Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home, entry motion and glass break sensors guard inside, plus Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24/7 by live security professionals. You can put up your system yourself, no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Personally, the thing that intimidates me the most about all these security systems about how are how expensive or complicated they can be not Simply Safe so go to simplysafecom slash Lauren, and that's S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com, uh, today to get free shipping on your order, plus a 60-day money-back guarantee so you literally have nothing to lose but everything to gain in terms of protection. That's simplysafe.com slash Lauren to save on home security day. Simplysafe.com slash Lauren, again, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash Lauren. Okay, so Stephen King, famous horror writer. Um, let's see, It.
1: Oh, Shining, goodness, it's like, like every basically every modern horror that isn't like a B tier movie
0: or Dean Koontz, pretty much. Yeah, those are the two. I, yeah. I feel like Steve. If you go to a horror section at your local bookstore, which they they still exist for the time being, by the way, there's almost an entire section in the horror section yeah. that's dedicated specifically to Stephen King.
1: Well, to be fair, as dislikable as I find some of his views, the man is like a beast when it comes to writing books. Very prolific like it's it's famous how how much this guy writes. He's like Just the, the anti
0: George R R Martin. Yes. Like they're complete opposites. So uh yeah he's he's written like 700 books. He's if you don't follow him on social media, you won't know this, but he is a hardcore liberal. He has some, like, Trump derangement syndrome going on. Um, and I'm not saying he's a bad person, because apparently he also donates a lot to charity, which I think is great. And I think your actions speak louder than, you know, your your tweets, or at least that's what I personally am hoping for. Um, but yeah, he's firmly on the left. Very, very liberal. Recently, uh, the picks, I think, for, what is it, best director or best... Picture for the upcoming Oscars were announced. I, I honestly only pay attention to award shows to make fun of them yeah. for the show. So I, I have think not half even,
1: the country is in that position right more now. More than at least. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, So it, it might be like I think there are either no females included in the best directors category or no female directed pictures included in the best picture category, something like that. Somehow women were slighted, people felt, uh, and maybe people of color too. I don't know. Um, People were mad online with the Oscars. The whole Oscars not being diverse enough was trending. Um, So Stephen King, weighing in on the controversy, put out this tweet. He said, I would never consider diversity in matters of art only quality. It seems to me that to do otherwise would be wrong. Now, face value seems reasonable, right? We're talking about art films. I, I would think the main concern would be the quality of said films. Yeah. Um. And actually, I would even say it, it shouldn't just be in matters of art. It should be, I think, all things. Everything. Yeah. yeah everything. Especially like if we're talking about like doctors, engineers. Like I would say, art is one of the lower tier things that, to put quality before diversity. It's just I—I I, I don't see yeah, the. Of course. Yeah, the inherent value of diversity. And actually today I think is the birthday of Martin Luther King. I I think I saw some articles about that. His whole message about equality wasn't that there should be like diversity quotas. No, This many. It was about people should be treated based on character or merit. And that seems to be what Stephen King was saying. I don't read anything bigoted at all. I don't know. Maybe just me.
1: No, no. I I don't see it at all. And I think even, if I'm not mistaken, Martin Luther King or a lot of early black activists were segregationalists, right? They believed in segregation between both peoples. So they're not all that great, a lot of them, I find. I don't know. But obviously Martin Luther King is a different example.
0: I know. But But even with him, there there have been some reports about him being... Not so great with women. Uh, oh, I've heard that things. too. Who knows? But mm-hmm. uh, whatever. On on, you know, racial equality and harmony. I support him. Stephen King seems totally in line with concepts of racial egalitarian from that. But I mean, just you guys know what what pe- people were mad, right? You can already tell, yeah. <laughs> based on the climate that we're in. Um, so apparently, saying art should be judged on its merit is a symbol of white privilege uh I, I was going through the replies like don't get me wrong his initial tweet had about fifty five thousand likes so a lot of people were on board with him
1: but the replies seem to be mostly negative from, mostly yeah. negative
0: yeah and we have some of those here okay so uh this one person says white men are 35 percent of the population it's not logical they produce 100 of the quality art okay no one is
1: No, whoever made that claim? I mean, they're obviously talking about, I guess, the Oscars Oscars having 100%, but that's a very small pool. If you know anything about samples, right? Yeah. You know that that's that's a ridiculous argument to make.
0: Also, like, I just want to... People complain about the Oscars not being diverse enough. I I don't think they appreciate the fact that it makes sense that the Oscars are weighted toward, like, English-language-speaking films and that a lot of english language speaking people are white people you know especially well, the like majority if we,
1: of america is still well, it's still white yeah, if we also
0: bring yeah. the uk into that yes but then i mean you have people who think that there's not a diverse enough in terms of like language or whatever but it's like i i would never think of like moving to korea and then complaining that there aren't enough eurasian people represented in korean media of course, yeah. um so yeah that this is not at all what stephen king said just an amazing straw man um Yeah, he didn't say anything about them producing 100% of the quality art. And actually, I think if you really think about Stephen King's message, since I am actually not a bigot, I think that if we were to judge works based on merit, there would be some natural diversity there because, you know, there are people who are talented and – women uh non-white gay whatever so yeah this is just not a it, thing it's just
1: the argument that diversity is good in and of itself yeah i don't agree with flat, that right i mean obviously you can have good things and have diversity together it yeah does, does it's work, fine but, but i
0: don't think like diversity yes. in and of itself like yes this is better than it was like right. eh, i don't know about that
1: the famous diversity is our greatest strength might be a little bit of a meme that only came about because we only have first world problems yeah. right
0: uh, another person says, sir, this is a white person, by the way, for anyone listening on the audio platforms, and this matters. He says, respectfully, saying you as a white man can't really say that. Uh, you had more advantages and opportunities than a person of color would have. They have been wrongfully held back in so many ways just because of their color skin.
1: These kind of people kill me.
0: No, yeah, it's just like they they, th- these kind of like self-flagellating <laughs> white people, they remind me of the jerry worm. If you guys yes. watch Rick and Morty, no, remember I the know. Jerry worm? He's like worm Jerry, which is even worse than regular I Jerry. And he's offering himself up in prostration. That's exactly <sighs> what I think of when I see these types of tweets. Because I hate
1: Jerry as a character. Yeah. I hate everything about him. I don't want to see him on my screen. Even. Like just get <laughs> off my, sc- like I don't even like to see when the family makes fun of him. Yeah. Cause it just, it makes me even, it makes me even more irate. It's like, how dare you exist? Yeah. Like stop it. You know,
0: that's what the, these people are like the personification <laughs> of worm Jerry. Yes. Um, so, like, they all, are the group.
1: By the way, we've said this last episode that I was on too. But they are the group with the least in-group preference. They actually white actively, liberals, yeah. They, they, yeah, they prefer the every group, other group over yeah, white people. And the only
0: group to have an out-group preference, which is that yeah. you prefer people who are not other white. <laughs> and now people.
1: I'm not advocating you need an in-group preference, but I'm saying these people are actually self-hating. Yeah,
0: actually, yes. Um. So yeah, again, what Stephen King said was, "I want to judge work based on its quality." This person's response is. You can't say that because you've had opportunities that people of color haven't had. It's like, what is that, the bigotry of low expectations? Like, what, I mean, so what What are you suggesting with this tweet that we say, okay, um, you know, non-white people, women, they've been held back, therefore, you know, a, a pretty good movie by one of those folks should have the same merit as a really good movie by a white. Like, what is, like, what are you even arguing for? I don't know. Uh, this person, a, a crafty Arab, that's her username, which I, I do find I thought funny, that was yeah. funny yeah. Um, says, but you say this from hashtag white privilege, privilege spelled incorrectly, by the way.
1: I noticed that as well. Uh,
0: I wrote a quality children's book. I uh, don't know. Yeah,
1: based on your spelling. spelling. Questionable.
0: Hmm. Uh, on Elon Omar last summer, and the struggle to get it published was painful, and ultimately it didn't happen. You have zero idea how to live in my world where I can't even find one book like this for my child. What well, are you saying that publishers didn't want a child's book based on like a radical divisive political figure with bad spelling? I am shocked. yeah, the kids I wouldn't care about shocked. as well.
1: Maybe you're just not as crafty as you think you are.
0: Maybe I don't know <laughs> maybe um gabino Iglesias says every writer of color reading this including me has had to work 10 times harder to get the same recognition slash opportunities straight white male authors get from the start same goes for women lgbtqia writers and other underrepresented voices diversity matters it matters a lot okay so this what kills me is that keep in mind like this guy says he's a writer of color and he he's had to work harder to get what the white people writers have do you think like publishers or whatever people reading the the written piece sit there thinking, you know what? I feel like this sounds like it was written by a Mexican. Yeah, like it I sounds don't like, like
1: minority stuff. I
0: don't know. You know, like I feel like the person who wrote this is probably gay. Or trans? Like, how would you How would you know that as, like, a writer, re- reading a written piece? I mean, I understand, obviously, like, in something like politics or, or acting, it's different. But it's, if, if you're an author, like, I, I'm sorry, frankly, most publishers or whatever wouldn't know all the things you're being, you're accusing them of discriminating against you for. Uh, I, I think it's more likely that the publishers just, just aren't as interested in publishing your woke garbage.
1: You know what? I'll be honest too. There's also this kind of thing where it's like, you know, there's this implication that if you're a white male in particular, you can get anything published, right? Mm -hmm. Any drivel published. And it's like, if you just look at America or almost any Western country that has a majority white population, there are more poor whites in the country than there are poor of other people. Yeah. You know, like look at actually where Stephen King is from, Maine. Maine, it's Maine a very poor state. extremely poor.
0: And a very white state, it's, yeah. It's like
1: it's like so white that actually there's been articles written about how it's it needs to be changed. Like, <laughs> it's too white. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. So it's like there are tons of poor white people that have to go through hell their whole yeah. lives and they're still getting hit with this.
0: White privilege thing. White and that's the thing because thing. like, it I, I feel like a lot time. of the stuff they're talking about... Like, I do think that class privilege is pretty real. Like, obviously, someone who was born into Trump's family has a different experience than someone who was uh, born into the projects. And I think that's unfortunate to something that uh, – I don't think poverty is something children should ever have to deal with. But what these people do is that they conflate race with, like, socioeconomic status, which is not the same. And I think it's very dismissive to a lot of people who are – white but go through these problems and it kind of
1: listen lebron james's kids you yeah. know th- like those kids are gonna grow they're up black, pretty they're pretty well like it's gonna happen better it's, off
0: than yes. a lot of white children will be um and yeah diversity matters it matters a lot why why i i still don't know uh roxanne gay Blue check mark for what it's worth says, as a fan, this is painful to read from you. It implies that diversity and quality cannot be synonymous. They are not separate things. Quality is everywhere, but most industries only believe in quality from one demographic. And now here you are. So, um, nothing about what he said. And I feel like I don't know what these people read. <laughs> it's know. not the same tweet that I read. He didn't say anything about diversity and quality, not being synonymous or that they cannot be synonymous right, they've got
1: the progressive glasses on
0: yeah but it's just saying that they are not inherently synonymous which You're i right. would agree with of course yeah. yeah i mean and there are a lot of authors that are amazing yes. but who are non-white women or whatever uh, and, but and they're not amazing because they're non-white or women or whatever
1: i completely agree and in fact i think that now more than ever there's actually a market for these people because oh, of their yeah. own identity. like think of the talk show recently on YouTube with Lily Singh. I mean, that's a form of art, I guess, technically. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I would hesitate I to so, call that
0: particular show art, but I yes. guess in the abstract, a TV show is I art. I mean, the guy
1: put a banana on a wall and that was art, right? Yeah. So... It's art at any rate. And there are lots of books like this too, where they just market, like, I am a non white minority woman who is uh, non hetero, non cis. You know, it's like.
0: The young adult book community is notoriously woke. They eat that kind of stuff up. Oh, of course. We were in uh, the bookstore the other day, and Ten Hesse Coates, the guy who's like kind of infamously (sighs) uh, known for advocating for reparations, he apparently has a book now that's like about slavery. Go figure. Um, And it's like part of Oprah's book club. Like this stuff is very – there's a whole market just dedicated to these woke authors. So to say that – I mean they're like – I mean look, I'm not part of the publishing industry. Maybe there is something. But I think like the hate that Stephen King was getting was really not proportionate to what he actually said. I think people were just taking what he said the wrong way. Or actually maybe they really do hate merit, merit.
1: They probably do. They think that's – I bet you they think that's like a – It's white supremacy. supremacy. No, they've (laughs) actually –
0: people have (laughs) actually argued that in regard to immigration, that like a point system that prioritizes merit and education is racist.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: um, So Stephen King – what happens when these kind of like outrage mobs circle around celebrities is that usually inevitably they end up kind of backtracking, apologizing. Like I said in the intro, Stephen King did this amazingly fast, like within a couple hours. He was back on his account – Towing the party line, saying the most important thing we can do as artists and creative people is make sure everyone has the same fair shot, regardless of sex, color or orientation, which to me that I don't have a problem with that. I want equality of opportunity. But then he, he slips in right now. Such people are badly underrepresented and not only in the arts. He finishes with you can't win awards if you're shut out of the game. So it's like, it's not enough to. This was say- like two
1: hours later after his initial tweet.
0: Yeah, something like that. Was- that, that that's fast.
1: Yeah, that was good. Um,
0: so it's like a preemptive mea culpa for well, the. He's a smart
1: guy. Maybe he just gets educated very fast.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> he learns. Um,
1: Which I also love because I what I loved was the the conservative backlash from this tweet because I looked at the comments in these ones and it was all like people crapping on him again. So I was yeah. like, good. You get your just dessert, Stephen. Yeah. Because you. you Obviously, when you count out to the progressives, you're going to lose because they have a purity spiral like Mm -hmm. none other. And and then you backtrack on it, so you lose in the end. Yeah,
0: you just seem like, again, worm Jerry. And so it's not enough. You can't come out as someone who wants equality of opportunity. That's not enough. You have to also say, and by the way people are being, like, systemically held down. Like, I've been called racist or sexist by saying I don't think people are being systemically oppressed, but, like, that in and of itself is a racist thing to say or a sexist thing to yeah. say, which is pretty crazy. And I'm, like, I'm at the point where I I think my job contributes to it because it's, like, we talk about this stuff day in and day out. Like, I'm sick of the outrage mobs, the race baiters. Yeah. It's just – it's tiring. And we have some video clips here that just kind of, I don't know, exemplify the type of people – who, who make me want to tear my hair out so if you guys are at all on social media or in into the news you'll know that Meghan Markle and Prince Harry they've kind of like quit as royals I don't know how that works I don't care to know I don't care about those people at all I've never thought to myself I wonder what Prince Harry and Meghan are doing Yeah, if they get a
1: divorce and and he wants to be like a royal again, I'll just uh, you know. Well, a lot of people are saying that
0: he got kind of whipped by her, Um, but like the British press is notoriously unscrupulous, right? They torment people, no respect for privacy. If you think the American press are bad look at the british tabloids they're way worse
1: i sympathize with the royal family or, or anyone who's famous and yeah. yeah no because it is it is
0: bad and they don't respect your privacy and I, that's not fun for anybody but what was weird about the whole Meghan markle thing is that people were kind of painting them them quitting to make millions of dollars doing other stuff and not having to deal with all the royal duties as them being driven out of the royal family because racism Um, there's this clip that was circulating on social media and it was, it's, it's just, I can't believe we're still dealing with this in, in, in 2020. And I, of all people hate to use the current year argument, but I feel like, you know, this kind of stuff came to a head in 2016 and I, it seemed like on the internet, almost all of the popular videos were against this stuff. Yeah. But I don't know how this type of ideology is still perpetuating itself. I, it's Thank because I guess, academia. Yeah, well, they, they closed themselves off. This person is a doctor off.
1: that we're about to see.
0: Oh, oh really? Oh. Yes. Amazing. Um, yeah, we have this clip for you guys the
1: racism experienced by Megan feels so
0: personal and
1: it deeply resonates
0: with a lot of people
1: is because it's symptomatic of the culture of racism in the United Kingdom. What, what,
2: right. what examples do you have?
1: You see, that is another problem. When people ask, keep asking what examples, it makes me question, it, it, it makes me question where have you been the last two years? What have you been reading? What have you been, what have been listening, listening I've to? I've been reading right, some
2: criticism. Right. I haven't personally read anything that right. I could say was based on and this, racism. And,
0: and this is part of the problem. So it's, it's part of white privilege and enforcing racism to ask for examples of racism.
1: How yeah, dare they? Was, How dare uh, they
0: be that ignorant?
1: For a second, I thought she was going to say, it's going to make me question my own beliefs.
0: Yeah, essentially. That's what I
1: thought she was going to say. And, and I was like, wow, that'd, that'd be too good. But, no,
0: but it's like, you're not even allowed to.
1: <laughs> I know. You, you, you have can't to even treat, ask for an example. You yeah, Yeah, I have
0: or, to treat it as scripture. You have to and just that, know. And that guy was a lot more, I think... Um, I don't know, amenable to her than I oh, would have been.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah he was very kind.
0: Um, but anyway, so th- th- another thing with Meghan Markle is that Saranavakad has mentioned this, and I, I mean, I don't want to like dismiss her racial heritage, but she's very light skinned, right? For a, a black person, she's only part. I personally, looking at her, wouldn't have known she was black. She could pass as Mediterranean or something. Or, yeah. Like I, I, I wouldn't. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't really attribute that to like, oh, yes, you hate me because I'm a strong, independent black woman. And not only that, but she has kind of been notorious for pushing a feminist agenda, Uh, you know, as they've um, talked about how they only want, I think, one or two kids because of climate change and things like that. She's done a lot of things as well as, I think, being seen as not respecting royal tradition that have upset people. But according to this person, no, no. Criticism because she's a black woman. If you look at a lot of the criticisms she's faced, even a lot of the examples, it sums up to one thing. How dare she? She doesn't know her place. She's a pity, right? When a black woman, right, goes along with the flow, does what is expected of her, Mm. it's all okay. But the moment she exercises independent thought, independent authenticity, her own independent views, She's a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm done with these people. Uh, they. I'm so sick of it. Yeah, I'm they're, sick of they're it. They're
1: everywhere, and it's a, it. And they have that just the implicit argument that everything is race based, and mm-hmm. there's nothing you can say against that because you can't ask for examples. Yeah. And you can't even say, okay, maybe there is some kind of small amount of vestigial racism over time. Well, which yeah, I I'm completely inclined to agree. I don't. With, I've never but,
0: heard anyone say that racism between individuals does not exist. Right. No and, one and has it, said it, that. And it is,
1: I'm sure, a contributing factor to a small percentage of these things. But overall, there are many other factors and explanatory reasons.
0: Yeah. And also the way that, the that she says, yeah, the problem of racism in the UK. And like, really? Like, the UK is one of the most welcoming places. Yeah, like, I, I mean. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, yes. Yes. And they'll look at their history of white supremacy or whatever. And then at the same time, they'll dismiss things like they went across the world to end slavery. Yeah, I know. And uh, and as someone
0: who's actually from a colony, like Hong Kong was still a colony when I was living there. All of that stuff is ridiculous. Like it's just as far as empires go, much rather be part of the British than a lot of other ones. All right. So our next story is about pedophiles. That good stuff. Because we haven't done enough to just like really derank rank ourselves in the type of YouTube algorithms for being yeah. not advertiser friendly. So, you know, got to talk about pedophiles. But speaking of that, again, just a reminder, if you're enjoying the show, like, share, subscribe. It really helps us out. Uh, if you want to go the extra mile to support the show, you can, of course, always head on over to blazetv.com slash lauren and subscribe using the code lauren you save money on your annual subscription that way and you also help us keep the lights on over here it's kind of what we're doing instead of uh patreon it's our crowdfunding if you will and if you want another way you can also you know super chats we also have merch there Mm. you go yeah uh that's shop.blazemedia.com you can find merch for our show blaze media shirts, in general they yeah, have shirts hats
2: mugs mugs yeah. all
0: that good stuff um and yeah we we really appreciate all the the super chats we've gotten for the past few weeks it really helps a lot oh, and yeah. all of the shares have been great i was actually looking at some of our analytics the uh, video we did about lizzo being fat shamed the number one like i guess audience discovery method outside of youtube was actually gmail which has happened quite a few times, so I, you know, I appreciate you guys taking the time to actually email a video to someone. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. Cool. Really cool. All right, so for a while we've been keeping tabs on what I think and what I think we've made an argument for is the normalization of pedophilia and the sexualization of children. We've done yes. several segments, videos about this.
1: By the way, we're on the way to getting only on the dark web when we talk about this on YouTube.
0: Yeah, pretty yeah. much.
1: <laughs> You're gonna need to install some weird browsers <laughs> to see us, like. <laughs>
0: Yeah, hey, it's, it's it needs to be talked
1: about though because this is actually important. This is this is something like we're, there used to be this thing where we talk about the slippery slope fallacy, like back when they were legalizing gay marriage, mm-hmm. and then here we are. You know, yeah. we're about to show you some shocking things in this segment. Yeah,
0: the slippery slope is indeed slippery. It's yes. very slippery, as we as we will see. Uh, we've also been talking about like the trend of people pushing to be recognized as whatever they say they are. Um, yeah. especially with regard to gender somewhat with regard to race in Rachel Dolezal's case, but that was more controversial. But today we have a segment that kind of marries those two things. Apparently a pedophile is claiming to identify as a tri- as a child at his trial. But okay, let's back things up first for some context. Do you guys remember a few years ago, this, I'll just say individual, Stephanie Walscht, Walsh, something like that, who was formerly a married man with a bunch of kids, this person abandoned his family to live as like a, a 6 or 8 year old female. So not only was it were, were they transgender, they were also trans age. I I'm sure you guys have heard of it. You've probably repressed the memory. It was so disturbing, but that's okay um, because we have some footage here of Stephanie to help you remember.
1: Why hello. Welcome to Stephanie's Playtime. I hope my little sockets have been good. We have an adventure for you. Come on in and see what we found. You've probably noticed there's a lot of people worried about their safety because I identify as a six-year-old. Well, guess what? It doesn't matter. I just use it as play therapy, and it helps me cope with depression and anxiety.
0: Sorry, guys. I'm just realizing we should have done a viewer discretion advisory. Yeah, that's... Audio
1: listeners... You should be thankful, but Not also even we should...
0: audio. I think is still bad. It's still yeah. Creepy. You can
1: probably still understand what's happening a little bit too well.
0: Yeah, and all of like the creepy vibes that you get from that person. I think the six year old thing, the, the age play, is the worst. Like that's oh. the worst of it. There are many things that are wrong with it. The age play thing is is the worst. It's uncomfortable. But um, so that was a few years ago, and now like I don't want to say that the whole trans age thing is catching on because I think that that would imply that it's more frequent that it than it is. But at the same time. This week, this news came out. We have this from The Blaze. Convicted sex offender identifies as eight-year-old girl, claims child porn found on PC is protected by First Amendment. A convicted sex offender not only said that he identifies as an eight-year-old girl, but also that child pornography found on his computer is protected under the First Amendment.
1: Okay, Uh by the way, libertarians, this is where I draw the line. The First Amendment does not cover child pornography.
0: No, but actually, um, there's an interesting question I want to ask you about the situation and libertarians that we're going to get to in a second. I've always been an eight-year-old girl, Joseph Gobrick said at his sentencing, the station noted, and even my drawings and fantasies, I am always an eight-year-old girl. Gobrick, 45, claimed the images were computer-animated using an image-manipulating program and protected under the First Amendment. But police said eight child victims were identified in the pornography recovered from Godbrick's computer. What's more, some images depicted children between infancy to five years old being sexually assaulted. The station added, citing court records. Okay, so obviously, disgusting person. Like, I'm... I, I'm not ashamed to say, like, I don't think it's possible to be too cruel to people like this. I don't think there's a punishment that anyone could come up with where I would say in regard to this person, that's too much. Like, we, mm. need, to, we need to back off. I, 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 I honestly can't think of one.
1: Um, I actually have another good quote from him that I thought was really enlightening and, and interesting. Um, he said, under the law, Auschwitz was legal. What you're doing here is just as wrong as Auschwitz was. So um, that's what this guy is positioning for. I thought that was an interesting, very effective argument. Yeah,
0: he's presenting himself as like this oppressed, marginalized group.
1: Yeah, I will say if there's any concentration camp I could get behind, it's it's for people like him.
0: No, I would would agree. Again, like these people are trash and what all the science says that you can't, pedophilia is not something you can be cured from so i mean
1: yeah and that's tragic i mean it, it, it is really a tragedy yeah um but at the same time you, you I feel cannot, like a death sentence
0: would cure it pretty well like, but i you mean you cannot
1: like yeah you can't endanger the lives of these children in that way
0: oh yeah for sure no and i mean to, to, to clarify um this person's attempt at being oh but i'm just a, that wasn't successful he has been sentenced thank goodness he's very much going to prison um and what, what i wanted to ask the libertarians out there is like when it comes to pornography that is computer animated or animated drawn whatever but that depicts children should that be protected under the first amendment because there are no actual children that are being harmed by it if it's you know something like um, cartoons or something
1: I would like to see research that says that that doesn't actually lead to people fetishizing this more mm-hmm. even. like you know that it doesn't desensitize this isn't like a chain of desensitization that leads to more child sex predators um, but yeah. Because that's I mean, what
0: we see usually with sexual behavior—is that it's kind of again like a slippery slope, and you yeah. do get desensitized. Ba- pretty part easily. Part of me is like,
1: all right, if, if theoretically—and I don't think this is the case—but if theoretically all child uh, molesters were like happy to just watch that, and they would never do anything bad in their lives because they have this animated animated material, I'd be like, okay, fine. Then, well, that's what but, in in but some. That's not cu- the case.
0: Well, in some countries, they are. At at the very least discussing having dolls that look like children where the pedophiles Mm. can. And so that's been really, really controversial. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I would love to know what you guys think about that. Because with me, I'm just like, yeah, how about we say it's okay, but then like, you know, your computer just zaps you like anyone who goes on (laughs) to any of that. And we just kind of nip the problem in the bud for a little bit. Um, So, yeah, as strange a case as this is, I I was kind of looking into trans age as a thing. This is actually not the first time it's ever been mentioned in, like, a a court sentencing for pedophiles specifically even. Uh, We have this from 2018 from The Daily Wire. Uh, A Chicago Chicago man accused of sexually assaulting two six-year-olds, again, just, uh, you know, against the wall, and an eight-year-old on repeated occasion told police officers that he's really a nine-year-old trapped in an adult's body, prosecutors revealed on Wednesday. 38-year-old Joseph Roman Roman is charged with repeated predatory criminal sexual assault. The numerous attacks began in 2015 and continued until earlier this month. Roman has reportedly confessed to some of the attacks to authorities. His victims were the daughters of his friends. The trans-age male was charged with a class X felony and taken into custody Monday where he made a video confession of his crimes. Roman was ordered to be held without bail during Wednesday's hearing. So, again, it's not like the cops said, okay, you identify as a child, no problem. Like, you know, th- these people are still very much going to prison. Yeah. But again...
1: I can't imagine being the parents of that person, that, that also you know that you let him oh, into your child. It's yeah. just, that's awful. You know?
0: Heartbreaking. Um, the slippery slope is, is slippery. The fact that yes. anyone has even thought to claim... That they're trans age. The fact that trans age is even a term that yeah. that I know what it means is disappointing.
1: Actually, if you remember, probably about four, maybe five years ago, there was a, this started up on 4chan as a troll. It was called. It was like leaf gender or something like that. Like you, you, you could choose your age essentially. Yeah. And and it was essentially like a troll, like a progressive troll, and it was like, okay, it's totally unbelievable. This is there's outrageous. no way
0: this will catch on. But it's
1: slowly and slowly, I've, like you could find more and more of this as the years go by. Yeah. And I I promise you, I've I've spoken to some progressives who think that there are societies in the past where sex with what we deem minors was not harmful to the minors and, mm-hmm. and they'll argue things like that. And, um, I think that this is the way it's going to go. Well, you no, know? for sure. We're and have to fight it.
0: Th- that's the thing. Like, again, I don't want to say that this is trans age is the thing now it's here, no. but like you said, it's starting to become more frequent. The fact that it even exists is I think a sign we've made mistakes. <laughs> we need a reset button. Um, but all of the ideas of like social constructs that they apply to gender, to back up things like being um, gender fluid, being non-binary and all of that stuff, a lot of those same arguments can be applied to the social constructs we place around age. Something like age of consent is very much a social construct. The idea that it's inappropriate for a 15-year-old to be with a 40-year-old, that is a social construct. But I mean, uh, a lot of these progressives use social construct to kind of dismiss everything but. Just because it's a social construct, that doesn't mean it's bad. It doesn't Rule mean it's of valid. law is a social construct. Yep. I don't think. I mean, maybe they would argue against it, but I, I, I think there's a lot to be said for certain social constructs. And I, we've seen the trend with you know um the whole trans issue kind of leaking into trans kids then drag queen story hour then child drag queens and it always starts the same it starts off as some fringe thing and then slowly but surely it starts to creep closer and closer into the mainstream and this is yeah. scary and we actually um in i think last year there was a dutch man in his 60s who went to court so he could be recognized as being in his 40s now again That was not successful. So, so far we've had no cases where the, oh no, I I identify as being younger thing has actually worked, but the fact that this is even happening, it's, no. it's very scary. Um, and if anyone thinks, nah, this, this is too crazy to go mainstream. I mean, like, sure, these people are pumping their children full of hormones and, like, you know, dressing them up in drag, putting drag queen story hour into schools. Like, yeah, they'd do that, but they wouldn't agree to something like trans age. That's, that's too much, even for these guys. If you think that, allow me to introduce you to the idea of trans ableism. Which is becoming a thing. Um, Blair White has done a video about people who identify as transabled. For people who don't know what that means, it's when you are usually, I guess, it could reply in the reverse, but a, a an able-bodied person identifying as being disabled.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, like in the past, before the field of psychology was completely infected,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like that would have just been considered a mental disorder, and they would have tried to treat it. There were ways that you could do treating it with mirrors and what have you. Yeah. Uh, it's um. But now it's now it's an identity.
0: Yeah, and know? what's ironic is that anyone who says this, I do think they have a certain disability, just maybe not the one they think they have. But there's definitely something there. Um, and this isn't as mainstream as something like gender now. But if you guys have ever done any type of uh, research in academia, you're probably familiar with JSTOR. Um, of you, they have tons of yeah. research paper on there. They actually put out an article uh, about quote the complicated issue of trans ableism is it complicated though i think i'm disabled no you're not mm. there we go um this is concerning though this this the whole trans able thing reading about this has i mean it kind of it makes me resent the field of psychology a lot for what they've allowed to be ha- to happen to people and it's
1: always sexual too there's one quote in there that says uh, devotees experience fetishistic fetishistic um attractions towards the physically impaired bodies of others it's like why why we always got to go there what's going on here this is about trans ableism what's what this i know
0: it's like some freudian influence like oh yeah it's probably about sex um so this article says in the late 1990s the scottish surgeon robert smith performed elective above the knee amputations on two people smith's patients are just two examples of people who have body integrity identity dysphoria also known as being transabled. They feel they are disabled people trapped in abled bodies. Some people feel that they are meant to be amputees and will even injure themselves in order to create uh, a desired amputation or make it medically necessary for a surgeon to perform it. Other people feel that they were meant to be blind or deaf. Actually, a while ago, there was a woman in the news who felt she was blind, transabled. She actually took it upon herself to blind herself. Mm. Uh, The article continues to learn more about how transabled people see themselves. Anthropologists... Jenny Davis analyzed the introductory statements of 22 bloggers on transabled.org. Oh, good, goodness, they even have a domain now. A now defunct website, okay, where transabled people tell their stories. The bloggers, Davis found, use narrative to show that being transabled was natural or essential for them rather than a choice or something learned. Indeed, they wish to avoid the stigma that might come with the notion of choosing a disability, a socially devalued bodily state. Bloggers also described denying, then surrendering to their transabled identities by saying that they fought against the notion of being transabled, but lost the battle. How do you lose the battle?
1: Uh,
0: they further addressed and dismissed the criticism that trans ableism was a choice. I mean, I guess you're feeling that you should probably cut your arm off. Maybe that's not a choice. The decision decision to actually do it, that's very much a choice. And it's
1: incredibly immoral, not only like for the people around you that might now have to give more care to you, yeah. but for the, the welfare systems around you too. And then I, there was actually a, um, mm. a psychologist that I read that brought up a good counterpoint to this, which is like, you know, these, the doctors doing these kinds of surgeries on these people were arguing that while well, they're autonomous, you know, it's it's ethical because they're making autonomous decisions. They know best for themselves. But is that really an autonomous choice if they have this this feeling, this, this illusion, this mental illness probably that makes them feel this way? Is that really someone that has yeah. full autonomy over what they want medically? Well,
0: and Dr. Peterson, Jordan Peterson, he's brought up this point before, doctors are obligated to help people. I think we've kind of gone down a path in our culture where we think helping people is giving them exactly what they want.
1: Right, they've gotten rid of... And I don't of, think that's true. They've gotten rid of paternalism in a lot yeah. of ways. And, and paternalism definitely had some... Like, there's there's a fine line, but... Well,
0: you need a balance. Yeah,
1: you do too. need a balance. And it seems like they're bad. the balance right now is shifting to no paternalism. Yeah, at just at
0: get, indulge like, people but, whatever they want. It's like the same pronouns thing. People were complaining that he was hurting them and he was like i don't think me denying you this is actually hurting you in the long run. i think this is good for you and i I think being told no you're not transabled no you're not a six-year-old girl is important and for some reason our society has lost the ability to do that um so i don't know these two pedophiles they are thankfully behind bars i will absolutely (laughs) destroy myself if this becomes the new thing um unfortunately though i think this is where things are heading and I really worry for the future of children. Cause like with all of these things, it all kind of revolves around sexualizing children, right? The whole trans children, drag queen, it's just it's it's unpleasant and I'm I'm very disappointed. Like uh, with, with the, all of us, the fact that this has even gone this far.
1: Yeah, and the argument for trans ableism is just so similar to the the arguments for other
0: well, once you trans decide things.
1: you can yeah.
0: choose your your gender, no genders go between genders at will, then it really kind of removes any form of objectivity to a lot of our identities. Um, All right, so in in slightly, not even, actually, this is also a depressing story. Uh, So I guess not in happier news, but Bernie Sanders, uh, his campaign was recently... The focus of a Project Veritas expose. So Project Veritas, if you don't know, are a group of investigative journalists headed up by James O'Keefe. If you aren't following them yet on Twitter or subscribe to them on YouTube, then you need to get yourself sorted out. They've dropped a lot of shocking things over the years. Um, They're currently in the midst of releasing footage for a project they're calling Expose 2020. So the shocking was, footage that – sorry, go ahead.
1: It's really good that they're getting ahead of this too because just so you know, like 2020, like the, this is when the censorship is really going to get cracked down. Yeah. There's going to be all kinds of things that you won't be able to see. So you got to keep your eyes. you got to subscribe to them on every platform you can because, you know, they're going to be censored everywhere just like just like we're being prepared for ultimately. Yeah.
0: And wow. I mean even like the one of the last big exposés they did was about Google and YouTube yes. specifically. Yep. They have Google executives on the record saying – we're taking precautions, we're preparing ourselves so that what happens in 2016 doesn't happen again in 2020.
1: Yeah, because the populist movement that happened across across America and a lot of other places like the UK, a lot of that came from independent creators across independent many, media, many yeah. platforms that uh, – they feel they didn't have sufficient censorship of, I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So Project Veritas is a very important voice in kind of fighting against the establishment control of information, which absolutely, I think, counts as election interference. So yeah, go follow them, subscribe to them. Um, if you follow any independent creators, really, that go against the grain, make sure you're following them on different platforms so you know when their stuff comes out. I mean, this, yeah. this type of like shadow banning censorship, it's something that is so common nowadays. It almost feels redundant to keep talking about it, but we need to because i don't know what else to do um, so in in this project the footage that was released and i think they're still in the process of releasing more videos but there's footage of a bernie bernie sanders field organizer saying some honestly like shocking stuff stuff that i'm used to seeing from like egg accounts on twitter but i would never imagine would be part of actually a campaign. yeah
1: like this is what i imagine that like conservative propaganda Puts things, out about yeah. Bernie supporters. And yeah. this guy basically embodied it all. And,
0: Literally you know, every like, stereotype, all, yeah. every negative one. Um, so we have the clips that we're going to be looking over. Before we do, though, I just want to clarify, there's no indication that Bernie himself knows this individual, uh, agrees with this individual. And I, like there is a difference between saying, um, hey, this person works for Bernie's campaign and he has said these things versus Bernie himself saying that. Like, I just want to make that distinction. Yeah, absolutely. I think... At the very least, though, even Bernie supporters should have to admit he needs to do some better vetting uh, for who his campaign works with. But uh, here's the first clip we have.
2: What would you kind of consider yourself? Like, where on that spectrum? I'm an anarcho-communist. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm as, furthest, I'm as far to the left as you can possibly get. Yeah, and in fact, there's... That I know of, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. Four of the organizers in this office are... are Leftist. So Justin, me, Derek, you know, um, Jessica um, are all definitely further left than the president. If you can't uh, handle me at my most communist, then you don't deserve me at my most anarchist.
0: So, with all of these clips that we're showing you, first off, we encourage you to go watch the whole thing for yourself. Um, you know, check it out, make your judgments. But, I mean, I really do think that communism should have as much of a negative stigma as things like fascism, as things like even Nazism. When you think about yeah. how many people have died under communism, it's like hundreds of millions of people.
1: Right. I mean, there's that terrific Bill Burr bit where he's talking about like, whenever we want to reference the most evil guy on the planet, we, we talk about Hitler, Hitler yeah. right? And, but but. Bill Burr is like – he points out like how much – how many people do Stalin and Mao have to kill to get like an honorary mention, right? Because (laughs) they like eclipsed Hitler by like tenfold.
0: No, for sure. In
1: terms of the numbers that they got rid of almost. Yeah, so this is
0: an evil ideology. I think it's evil in practice. It's evil in theory as well because I think property rights are human rights. I mean, you know, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness and property, like that's all part of – I guess, the foundation of the United States. And I think the founding fathers made the right call. So, I mean, even in practice, I, I would say something like communism is evil. This guy flat out says, like, yeah, I'm an anarcho-communist. Like, eh, you know, nope. what's the big... Like, this is some... I'm, I'm having trouble wrapping my head around someone who identifies that willingly because usually it's it's a slur like it's it's a bad thing other people call leftists or maybe socialists to kind of say like this is how ridiculous you are it's very rare to find someone who's like yeah I am that ridiculous and also just like can we talk about how anarcho- anarcho-communism doesn't even make sense like an anarcho-capitalism would never happen or work but it makes more sense than the anarcho-communism because like if there's anarchy and you're trying to redistribute the property of a stronger person, that's that's not gonna work. It's it's like it's gonna be like two weeks tops until some warlord comes and declares himself like dictator of your little commune.
1: Hey, maybe maybe the reset button is letting anarcho communism happen.
0: Yeah, maybe. And like from the ashes, maybe. A <laughs> and then like immediately, you have,
1: yeah, you have the leverage to just put them back in line. Yeah, you know? And
0: I mean, I don't think Bernie Sanders is an anarcho communist. He is a, a, a socialist, no doubt. But it does make sense that. Yeah as i would say the furthest left candidate if an anarcho communist is going to support anybody it would be bernie sanders
1: yeah i mean it's a toss up you saw the friction between him and warren i think warren socially i think is probably more progressive but but you, fiscally that, i think bernie sanders might be
0: yeah cuz it's like bernie isn't usually painted as as woke as someone like elizabeth warren but right who I'm pretty sure has pronouns in her bio, but lately, I don't know, Bernie was not at all like that in 2016, but now he's saying stuff like, oh, you know, white people don't know what it's like to be poor. He's he's taken the blue pill. He's a little it's, of a
1: millionaire. Yeah, I way. mean,
0: he's been infected with that a little bit, but anyway, um, as that that's bad, but it's like we're easing you guys into this because it gets a lot worse. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Next clip we have actually um, discusses political violence, and again, YouTube is just going to love us after this episode. We're hitting all of the marks here.
2: Right. Bernie doesn't get the nomination. Bernie goes to the second round at the DNC convention. Milwaukee for Bernie. It'll start in Milwaukee, and then when they and when the police push back on that, other cities, Be ready to be in Milwaukee for the DNC convention. We're going to make 1978 look like a Girl Scout f***ing okay. The cops are going to be the ones that are getting f***ed. In Milwaukee.
0: Uh, again, I'm not going to attribute the words of a staffer to Bernie Sanders himself, but this man is absolutely a radical. I think he has no place in the political system. Considering the fact that it really does seem like the DNC does not want Bernie to win this, uh, the, the nomination, uh, I think Milwaukee, the DNC, they need to be on the lookout because I think there absolutely will be oh, trouble.
1: Honestly, like if I was a Milwaukee cop and I saw this video, I don't know. This, uh, this potential will get ugly because yeah. the cops would be out in force. And if I was a Milwaukee cop, you'd probably share it with all your buddies. Mm-hmm. And and then it would be a real beat down. Yeah. You know, and it, it's, it would be ugly.
0: And it's scary, especially considering we're going to be in Milwaukee that weekend um, for the Better Discourse event, which is hosted by the Mythicist Milwaukee guys. You guys can check out tickets at betterdiscourseevent.com. But I mean – like. The United States is a developed country, like developed countries aren't supposed to have political violence. And if, if you go back, you know, 10 years ago, this type of thing wasn't happening. But I, I don't know how we've gotten to a point where things like Antifa, who I'm sure this guy sympathizes with, if oh,
1: yeah.
0: is not an active member of. um, It's so sad that this has become commonplace. And we also have um, because this is not all violence he spoke of doing. We also have this other clip.
2: And if your speech is calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender or uh, uh religious uh like for whatever reason like things that people can't change then you should expect a violent reaction mm-hmm. and you deserve a violent reaction
0: again this guy calling for violence some people might say oh well he's only preaching violence against people who are calling for the elimination of people based on race or gender and it's like I've been told by that yes. by saying that I don't support socialized medicine that I am calling for the elimination of marginalized groups.
1: Oh yeah, their, their qualifications for those standards are very low.
0: Very, very yeah. low. So I mean essentially what I'm hearing is that if you are a Republican, you are preaching violence against people and you should be stopped by violence. Are you
1: kidding me if you are like a moderate Democrat, you're going yeah. you know you're going to the camps.
0: I mean I saw someone on social media the other day call moderate Democrats fascist enablers. This is the mindset these people have. Um, could you imagine if someone from the Trump campaign was caught on camera saying this? Yeah, it would be it would be all it would be international news, for, like forever, essentially. But I think the fact that is, I, I was kind of like wondering myself. Well, the media really doesn't like Bernie Sanders, as we've kind of seen them really siding with Warren on the whole. Bernie Sanders doesn't want a woman. Yeah, although or,
1: they're, they're explicitly pushing Biden, I think is the yeah, Biden or course. Warren,
0: just not not sanders um but i think the i guess distaste for project veritas is probably stronger in this case That you know they don't want to talk about them at all even if it's to the detriment of bernie so I, I i doubt anything will come of this yeah so far um some people part of his campaign from this state that this gentleman is from no not gentleman this piece of crap is from there you go um have <laughs> all put their social media accounts like on lockdown um yeah and this again we're not even done you know you know you're a meme, just like a far left piece of crap meme, meme, when you are unironically defending gulags, which is exactly what this guy does. We have a clip There's a uh,
2: reason uh, Joseph Stalin you know, you know, had gulags, right? Mm-hmm. And actually, gulags were a lot better than like what like the CIA has told us that they were. Like people were actually okay. paid a living wage in gulags. <laughs> they had conjugal visits in gulags, gulags were actually meant for like re-education. Yeah. Greatest way to break a billionaire of their like privilege and their idea that they're superior, go out and break rocks and throw over today. You're now a working class person and you're
1: going to f- learn what
0: that means. I love that. There's a reason Joseph Stalin had gulags, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean,
1: you're right, but yeah, it wasn't was, a good one.
0: There was a reason. And like, <laughs> that's why, like anyone who defends a gulag, you don't, you don't get to, I guess, wax poetic about how awful, uh, you know, the migrant detentions are like, you don't get to, you, you unironically support gulags.
1: It's, it's insanity.
0: No, it's, it's insanity. And like, I, again, I encourage you guys to check out the, these clips in their entirety there's a lot more crap we didn't have time to include. But he he actually says that gulags are better than American prisons. Like, they're more humane. And it's like, what? You really are just, like, swallowing the, the Pravda propaganda, right? Whatever. He was well, saying, they, like, oh, the Soviet Union would never do that. These people, like, mm.
1: What is that called? Like, a tanky or a tonky or something like that? People that unironically defend, like, the, the, the communist dictators? Yeah, that's what this guy is.
0: Yeah, it's it's really shocking that someone – and the thing is – He's, he's talking about this pretty openly with someone he obviously doesn't know that well because they were it turns out they're project Veritas operatives. Yeah. so it's like what like what do you say with your close friends? I don't know how much worse it could get but I'm sure I'm sure it's worse. Um, he not only defends gulags but he also like not just conceptually oh they weren't that bad back then no he in his own words seems to be okay with the idea of establishing them in the United States now to like re-educate. Trump supporters again, like listen to this clip. Let us know what you think. To me, that sounds exactly what he's saying.
2: We gotta try. I mean, like so like in Nazi Germany after the fall of the Nazi party, there was a shit ton of the populace that was fing Nazified. And like Germany had to spend billions of dollars re educating people to not be Nazis. Yeah. Like we're probably gonna have to do the same thing here that's kind of what bernie's like like, hey free education for everybody because we're gonna have to teach you not to be
0: a nazi i mean i'm not surprised that a leftist authoritarian would see state-run education as like the perfect means for indoctrination we've talked about how that's literally what it is it's nice it's almost validating to hear one come out and say it though in a strange way
1: yeah. I mean, we're about to – our next segment is actually about uh, the university system. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, this guy is all in yeah. for, for the far left stuff. And I think, uh, you know, there's re-education things. If you don't get good grades, you got to watch out.
0: <laughs> no, for sure. And so, OK, going forward, um, I, I saw Tim Poole did a video about this. It, the Bernie Sanders campaign hasn't really addressed this yet. And I think they're yeah. kind of torn between, OK, hey – Mainstream media is not reporting on this yet. Do we just leave things be and hope it just blows over? Because so far it is just independent media. I think they're probably afraid that if they draw attention to it, they're going to... I'm sorry, if they denounce it, they're going to end up drawing attention to it. Um, Which, I mean, I still think it's worth a little, hey, disavowal, this guy is fired for sure. And it's just throughout all of this, I'm just thinking about what would have happened or what would happen if this were... A Trump supporter because again you know yeah. I'm not saying that Bernie Sanders thinks there should be rioting in the streets in Milwaukee when he probably doesn't get the nomination but the fact that this guy who works for his campaign is talking about this so openly says that there are other people in the campaign who agree with him that should be cause for concern. Right. I mean, there's no way to defend stuff like this. I think, um, you know, police, social media sites, uh, universities have been way too complacent in not fighting against far left radicalism. I mean, like people freak out about the far right, which is okay, fine. I don't support those guys. But it's like they turn this weird blind eye to the far left. But they're way more numerous than the far right. I mean, these people are working for a, a, a mainstream presidential campaign. It's crazy, and I mean, like I said, Project Veritas is still in the process of releasing more footage, so I can't wait to see what they come out with next, and I I hope you guys are subscribed and following them so you can keep up with that, too. All right, so to finish off the show, we have speech police. So, you know, we were talking about how this guy wants to, I guess, set up indoctrination camps. In a way, though...
1: Which are just colleges. Yeah, they're kind of
0: already there. Like, that's already a thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the program I'm in in particular, it's like. Uh, oh.
0: Yeah, what program are you in?
1: Well, I'm doing a major in philosophy right now. Yeah, and, so that's uh, working on other things too. But that is definitely uh, well. I... That program is it's wildly interesting. I love it, but at the same time, the like, people who take philosophy, yeah, the people who take philosophy, I could I could do without them.
0: Yeah, well, I mean. I've done a a talk for Freedom Works where I was looking at kind of who supports socialism by major. Philosophy is the highest one. 80% yeah. of philosophy oh. majors are like socialism. Sounds good. Sign me up.
1: You know, we, we talk a lot about getting tired of the race baiting and all that stuff and I could just tell you I'm so sick of it. And because it doesn't it doesn't unfortunately it doesn't leave me with my my work job that I do. It also follows me into yeah. academia where it's like you know, every time my professor can do a crack about orange hair or, you know, orange man bad and, uh, and you know, always progressive stuff. I Actually, I shared with Lauren an email. What was that email about again? Oh, yeah, was, the Iranian. Oh, yeah, support for Iran and uh, Afghanistan or something like that. It's really I, like, like
0: a meme. Like every – I feel like at this point, the far left is just like, oh, here are things that the right likes – opposite of that yeah even when it doesn't make sense even when it's like you guys should probably be on this like this kind of seems like it transcends left-right politics like nope it seems like something where we could kind of
1: get a little bit more together yeah, on the same no. page but but no instead you get like this, this total the, garbage. And the-
0: theocratic Iran- iranian regime to own the cons
1: like magazines everywhere where it's like socialism fight back gathering on this day march on this day like uh anti-capitalist demonstration here We have a – actually, we have an – unironically, in in my university, we have a a cafeteria called the People's Potato, where you can get vegan food for free. You just have to bring your own Tupperware. Yeah. It's –
0: I'm not surprised that it's vegan.
1: And also – it's not free because my tuition pays for it. Yeah, that's true. So, but, no, but that's whatever. you're bringing, you're bringing <laughs> in
0: economics that has no place in communism, no place in philosophy. Right. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, universities hotbeds of leftism. We've done so many segments about this. I should probably create a playlist of all the segments we've done about this. It would it would be like a hours long watch. Uh, recently, though, this UK university, University of Sheffield, I think they took. Oh, I'm the
1: getting cake. roasted, by the way.
0: For, for philosophy, that's
1: okay. That's okay. Listen, it's it's uh
0: it's interesting. I can. Well, get it's not that. just
1: interesting, but I think it's fundamental to making sense of of the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, think I don't lot-
1: think you need to take a university. To, uh, first of all, I wouldn't even recommend it at this point. I wouldn't recommend it. You can learn philosophy. It's very hard. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. You cannot pick up a book, a lot of books, and read them. First of all, a lot of them are unreadable. But also, yeah, they're just difficult material. I, but you gotta, you gotta. I think.
0: Think about your own, um, I guess, like moral leanings and things like that. I know I took – I had to take several Western political philosophy classes as part of my political science program. I remember there was this one book that I would like start reading it just fully alert. But within 20 minutes, I would like – the eyelids would start feeling heavy. So I know I – it takes a certain type of stamina to get through that, no doubt. But what this university has done is essentially they've announced – Speech police. And you might say that's an exaggeration. You're hyperbolizing. Okay, uh, listen to this, judge for yourself. According to the BBC, Sheffield students paid to tackle racist language on campus. A university is to hire 20 of its own students to challenge language on campus that could be seen as racist. The University of Sheffield is to pay students to tackle so-called microaggressions, which it describes as subtle but offensive comments. They will be trained to lead healthy conversations about preventing racism on campus and in student accommodation. Vice Chancellor Cohen Lambert said the initiative wanted to change the way people think about racism. The students will be paid £9.34 per hour, which, by the way, pretty dang good salary, uh, as race equality champions. Oh, that's like, that's the most virtue like signaling self-aggrandizing name that I could possibly come up with.
1: Yeah, that's like, it makes me think of Hitler Youth. Yeah, essentially like like uh,
0: Virtue Champions or something. Right, yeah. Working between two and nine hours per week to tackle microaggressions. This well, is all the work
1: they can handle, by the way, because <laughs> of all their, you know, their disabilities and all the other things they have. These
0: uh, these are described as comments or actions which might be unintentional, but which can cause offense to a minority group. It gives yeah. examples of what it means by microaggression, such as stop making everything a race issue. <laughs> That's apparently a microaggression. Saying yeah. this isn't a racial issue is a microaggression. I love it. Uh, where are you searching for? Or why are you searching for things to be offended about? Another supposed microaggression. Where are you really from? Okay, that's the only one where I can see is maybe a microaggression. I don't know, but even then, it's like—is it worth
1: whatever having language police? So you get offended? Yeah, sure. The the question was a little bit
0: yeah. You should have worded it like that. All
1: right. So what? Grow up. You're an adult. Yeah, it doesn't
0: matter um okay this is one i've never heard in my life i don't want to hear about your holidays to south africa it's nowhere near where i'm from no one has said that. yeah who no one has ever said anything like that
1: what the range individual even imagined that that's a sentence that can like be strung together yeah i mean it's like the progressive glasses go way too thick
0: like you've never spoken to someone who isn't progressive so you're like trying to imagine like what would these people say what would they think like you don't even you can't even come up with realistic ones um I'm struggling to find out how this is a microaggression being compared to black celebrities that I look nothing like. Oh, because you're trying to make yourself an individual and not part of the group. I think that's why. I think that's why.
1: No, I don't know why. I don't know. I have no idea. I
0: don't know. Whatever. Anyway. It's normally
1: a compliment to be compared to a celebrity because on average, they're good-looking people. On average, right?
0: On average, yeah. Yeah, so... Rather than being about controlling people's speech, the university says it is opening a conversation. Seems like a lot like you are controlling people's speech, though. Like, you, you, you've you, listed things to not say. How can you say this isn't about controlling people's speech? It says the equality roles are being created in response to demand from students, training them how to help their peers understand racism and its impact. Like, when I read about this, I didn't know who to resent more, the professors or the students. Apparently, as... According to the administration, this has come from the students' request, which is like, I could see it both ways. Like, I can see the academic bureaucrats being un- insufferably woke, but you know what? The students are too. So I don't students know. Students
1: are, I think sometimes they even bully the professors, right? Yeah. So I mean, it, we've it really seen depends. In, but the um, professors are former students, and they're not that, a lot of them are, if they're newly doctoral students, students or recently hired professors. That don't have their tenure yet or they just got it, you know, they often are of a very, very liberal mindset, at least in my experience.
0: Yeah. So I mean, have fun if you go to the University of Sheffield. What I wanna know is like, are these people gonna be like secret police? Are they just gonna be like assigned randomly and then they'll be sent out to have conversations with people and they'll just be like listening in or something that like if you say something wrong and then like they'll give you they'll a Just
1: pop out of a locker? Yeah. I don't know.
0: <laughs> like that this sounds like a terrifying, terrifying campus, um, I don't know, environment. Like They talk about safe spaces. I wouldn't feel comfortable in, in, in a place like no. that. Um, so w- when I saw this story, part of me started to wonder, okay, how, how would we even begin to fix academia? And it, it, it brought to mind this one story we covered a while ago from Ontario, uh, a Canadian province where I'm not sure if it's a specific university or city or the entire province, but there's this plan that's been put forward to allow students to opt in to these types of programs.
1: Right.
0: Right? So if you're like, "Hey, I'm a student. I don't know if I really feel like funding language or speech police who are going to essentially try mm-hmm. to control what I say." You have the option of saying, "I'm not going to pay for it." In Ontario where this was happening, um a lot of these like diversity groups di- freaked out. Yeah. Cuz they knew Okay, maybe a student is a lefty in this set will say, Yeah, I support you, but do they support you enough to want to pay thousands of extra dollars? And also, for you? do they
1: have the money for it?
0: Yeah. So I, I don't know. This is disappointing. I'm at a point now where I don't really have much hope for academia. Yeah. Oh, I know, which yeah. is disappointing. Because a part mm. of me loves like the the scholarly side of it. You know, I was yeah. a research assistant and teaching assistant when I was in university. I love Who would have thought
1: Lauren was a nerd?
0: Hey. <laughs> it's not nerdy
1: <laughs> she was also a math club in elementary school
0: i was like the fun ta i was like the i made the best slideshows. i yeah. gave the best
1: and if someone was uh, absent and they weren't attending you'd take a
0: it's part of the policy you're you have to come to class oh my gosh that's like come to class if you see that attendance you have it on tape here them. guys Anyway, um, so I think that's pretty much all we have to go over for this show. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. And again, if you are a live viewer, stay tuned on this stream because we're going to be back in just a few seconds with some Q&A going over your super chats. And for everyone else, we hope to see you next week. Bye.